0: Congratulations. You played yourself. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes! 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 Oh yes! That is a disgusting act. The lead, the lead, the lead, the lead. You just made the list! Congratulations. You played yourself.
2: Is talking like that, I have no idea what the hell that was, but welcome to another episode of Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain stays chilling, the anti hero of the IWC, your boy Mr. Radar. And I'm joined by my tag team partner, he's the analysis of the L O C. He's a man to put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter, and when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar smiling. <laughs> What's going on, bro? here man here on a on a on a late tuesday evening decided to uh get this uh get this recording going you know leo was out of commission this weekend we couldn't do our regular sunday show but i wanted to do a podcast and why not do it on a tuesday night what else is happening on a tuesday night ryan
1: yeah dude i mean for sure listen like i actually meant to send out a tweet uh to the people that were waiting like for a live show or anything like that i apologize for all the people that were we're waiting to see if a show is going to go up or whatnot. I actually meant to put out a tweet, but I did not. I forgot. I'm sorry. But, yes, we are here. It is a Tuesday night. It is, when is it, 1106 Eastern Time. Oh, God, yeah. Listen, oh, yeah. This is how much we care about you people, man. Like a long, days of, a long day of work for both of us, and we are still here pumping out content for you beautiful people out there.
2: And the thing is, th- these people are only waiting like a week and a day. Because we yeah. would have had done a show on Sunday if, if it wasn't for Leo being out of commission. But um, now they're just waiting a week and a day. So it's like they're still getting their weekly dose of the Lucha Outsider Show.
1: Yeah, exactly. You just got to wait two extra days. That I mean, yeah, I mean, that's really it, you know. I mean, it could be way worse, you know. We, we could have taken a whole week off and not been back until Sunday. But there's a lot to dive into, so we couldn't do that.
2: And, and let me tell you something. We, we were kind of considering it. <laughs> we were considering taking a week off. We were on the edge, but you know what? <laughs> I
1: was like, let's push through, let's do it. And uh, here we are.
2: Oh man, but
1: anyways, Ryan, how are you? Not bad, bro, not bad. You know, uh, a little tired. It's mm-hmm. uh, like I said, it's Tuesday night, it's late, oh, yeah. I a long day of work. But listen, I'm here, I'm excited to talk wrestling. It's always a great time with you, and uh, yeah, man, let's do it. How about you?
2: Uh-huh. I'm doing all right, man. Uh, also a long day of work for me. Uh, Friday. I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but your guy over here is, has a birthday coming up, and um, yeah, uh, another eight, another year getting older. You know, I think it all goes downhill after this because I'm turning the big three six, thirty six years old, thirty six young, if you will. 36 Nobody 36 thinks young. on my age though. No one. Listen, you are a kid at heart, and you will always <laughs> be a kid at
1: heart, and that's a compliment. And let me tell you, I will never forget your birthday because. <laughs> Your birthday fell on the the first Grand Slam. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Was Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. Oh. I actually have, so I printed out a picture that I took from my seats that night, and I actually got it uh, autographed by Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. That's
2: right. I was there when they <laughs> autographed yeah, it. You were there,
1: and I got the ticket stub in there and everything. So I got it framed on my wall. So like, dude, I will never forget your birthday
2: <laughs> because it's just up there. Listen, I was telling uh I was telling someone that, that has gone very close to me, in, in the in the last couple of months, I was uh, telling her how, you know, the twenty second for whatever reason, it, well, no, not I shouldn't even say for, for for whatever reason there is a reason, but the number twenty two has just completely changed my life and in, in not necessarily in a great way, but you know, my birthday is on the twenty second, but at the same time my father passed away on the twenty second, so it's just a rough day, but with all that being said. That first Grand Slam, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson, was probably one of the best birthday gifts I've ever gotten in my life. That match was so great. And man, dude, I felt, I told you this too, and I said it on the show, just being there live and just feeling the energy of that crowd and watching that match, I felt like I was watching a match at the Tokyo Dome
1: yeah yeah i mean it's it's uh it's definitely a match that stands out as one of the most memorable matches that i've ever seen live Mm -hmm. and i've Mm -hmm. seen a lot of matches live yes uh but that one definitely stands out i mean that the whole event man that whole show was just so it felt like a pay-per-view i mean yeah yeah i mean honestly and then like you know we're about to have the third annual Mm. grand slam coming up tomorrow Mm. actually yeah but uh you know i mean i'm sure we'll get into it of course but Listen, nothing is no. ever going to top that first Grand Slam, man. That is a memory that will just last a lifetime, and I'm glad it ended up being on your birthday because that's one that you will never, oh, ever
2: forget. It felt like a pay-per-view. AEW was on such a high with Punk returning, Brian showing up, Adam Cole showing up. Uh, it was like, at the time, it was their biggest um, venue they've ran. And yeah, man, you know, say what you want about AEW now, and, and we're diehard fans of just wrestling overall, and we want all these companies to succeed, but do I hope AEW gets to that point again? Absolutely, 1,000%, right? And, and I still feel like they could get to that point again, but that, the, that stretch that AEW was on, man, it's like they could have done no wrong, and that show was just fantastic. Top to bottom.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, 2021, uh, you know, the, during that time, man, that, that company was on a freaking roll, bro. Like, it was just the hottest thing in wrestling, especially, like you just said, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, coming into the company at the time, CM Punk just yep. returning. Nothing will top that, man. And it's just so weird how you think about where they are today. And it's like, yeah, you know, like, the company's so good.
2: Like Yeah, you know, it's good. I listen, th- we listen, it. it's good. We're, we're It's like... When people call AEW a secondary company, right? They 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 make it sound like it's an insult. I don't look at it that way. So what if AEW is a secondary company? At least it has, you know, their secondary choice. Their second option for all these talents, these men and women. If they don't want to go to the the, the E, right? If they don't want to go to WWE, they could go to AEW. You know what I'm saying? There's options for more of these men and women to work. For. You know what I'm saying? Because not everyone could go to WWE. Just like not everyone could go to AEW. People would say, like, oh, well, AEW is a secondary company. Who gives a shit if they're a secondary company? Uh, yeah, I mean, like,
1: <laughs> listen, they're never going to beat out WWE. I mean, WWE is the company. They're the Disney of wrestling. Like, yes. it's just always going to be that way. And, yeah, I don't think it's I um, – I don't think it's it's an insult at all. I mean, <laughs> like – they're the alternative. They're always going to be the alternative, no matter how hard they try. It doesn't matter if they sold out Wembley Stadium and they put on the biggest wrestling show of all time. Like, it does not matter. Like, WWE still king. They always will be king. 1,000%. Um, yeah, it is what it is, man. Like, like it's just, uh, you know, AEW is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, got Grand Slam coming up this week, but... Like I said, 2021, man, if I can go back to those days.
2: Oh, man, it was yeah, so good. i go back in a heartbeat. What
1: what a great time to be alive. And what a time to be a wrestling fan at that point.
2: It really was, man. Even the energy before going into the show. And, you know, we do have Grand Slam happening tomorrow night, and you will be attending. Lucky bastard. I'm happy for you. I wish I could be going, but I'll be stuck at work. But uh, the energy just going to the show and us even, like, pre-gaming before the show and Everybody was just so excited. Like it felt like a pay-per-view, pay-per-view of Jace. But still, like it, it was that energy in that stadium, dude. I, I'll never forget it, bro. And it was crazy, like just the environment there, the the way the stage was set up. And I, you ended up going to Grand Slam La- last year. I haven't gone to no Grand Slam besides the first one. But um, even I remember you telling me that Grand Slam last year was a little bit different, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, like you just said, man, that first Grand Slam, like the tailgate and in the parking lot beforehand, I think me and you both, we met up beforehand, we had some drinks in the parking lot, like, I don't know, man, the excitement, the energy, the level was just like, it was just on a different level, man, like, it just was like incomparable to anything else, and yeah, I went last year, and I'm going this Wednesday, but, you know, honestly, bro, last year's show was fine, I'm sure tomorrow will be a blast. But again, like, just nothing is going to beat the 2021 Grand Slam, the original Grand Slam. Like, there's just nothing that's going to top that. It was just one of the best shows I've ever attended. And, listen, like, AEW is not as hot as it once was at that point. So, uh, listen, it'll still be good. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to say you're not missing anything because, you know, there's some good stuff going on. But, listen, that 2021 one was uh a top tier show
2: it it definitely was but let's talk about this year's grand slam right because you will be attending tomorrow and you know i, I kind of had this in my notes like later on but you know I, since we're on the topic on grand slam we might as well just talk about it now you know the card doesn't look bad and that's not including like the rampage stuff because i know after the dynamite stuff there's gonna be some rampage tapings but um just the the grand slam Dynamite card. I mean, it looks like a good card on paper. It looks pretty good. You know, Have you have MJF and Samoa Joe in the main event. I'm sure that's going to be fantastic. You have Eddie Kingston versus Claudio title for, versus title. You have Jon Moxley defending the international title against Ray Phoenix, which the international title has become a world title of Jace, right? Then you have Tony Storm and Soraya for the women's world title. And what else am I forgetting there? I feel like I'm forgetting something else. Or that's it.
1: Uh, Jericho and oh. Sammy Guevara.
2: Oh, Jericho and Sammy G. That's going to be a great match as well. So, I mean... The car looks good. It's just, do I think the show is going to deliver one thousand percent? But here's the thing: compared to even last year's, right? It's just the momentum going into this Grand Slam, which is supposed to be like an A-level dynamite, right? Because it's not a pay-per-view, but it's like an A-level show. It's one of their gimmick shows. I just don't think the momentum's there, and you know, I'm not, I'm not big when it comes to like you know attendance stuff or like you know the number they hit I'm not necessarily big on that you know as, as long as the crowd is alive that that's what matters to me right like I don't want to see like open spaces on my TV show right but with that being said you would think with a with a New York market this ticket would the ticket sales would be a little be a little bit more up and they're not so that's kind of concerning from a fan's perspective Not because I I don't think the crowd's going to be rowdy. You know, it's New York. Like, Of course they're going to be rowdy. But it's just like, yeah, the level they were once at 2021, it's not there anymore. So Tony needs to figure out how do we get back to the promised land, if you will.
1: Yeah, and you know, like, the card looks good. I'm excited for the show. And listen, like, honestly, I've been complaining about the lack of storytelling. Oh, yeah. And I feel like they've actually built this card pretty well. I mean, look, look, you know, the the Jericho and Sammy Guevara story, that writes itself right there. Yep. Tony Storm and Soraya mm-hmm. for the women's title. That I mean, that's been brewing ever since what happened at All In. Um, Mox and Ray Phoenix is kind of like random. But, but it's I mean, going to be a banger. Match recently, So Ray Phoenix has come back for his revenge. Okay. MJF Samoa Joe, that's obviously been brewing for some time. Uh, so, like, there's stories there. The problem I have is, like, and especially for me, I mean, you know, like, this is the, believe it or not, this is the first AEW show that I'm attending in 2023, which is crazy, okay? And we're at the year's end. Pretty much. Um, and, you know, there's no Kenny Omega on the card. There's no Brian Danielson on the card. There's no Adam Cole on the card. Like, it's just, you know, like, that's a little bit of a bummer to me. Mm-hmm. Um, no! You know, the Young Bucks, they're, they're on some random-ass match on on Rampage. For, uh, you know what? And
2: I kind of hope hang the Hangman Page and the Bucks take those titles.
1: From them. I mean, the Ring of Honor six-man titles. Like, bro, I mean, <laughs> who gives a flying F about those titles? Like, that's the best we have for the Young Bucks at Grand Slam. At I O-Man. know,
2: man. How nuts is
1: that? Like, I just, I don't want to sit here and complain, but like, man, oh man, oh man, like that is the best you have for these guys. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, I'm a little disappointed in that, but overall I'm excited. I will be in attendance tomorrow. And, uh, you know, like you said before, the show is going to deliver. We know that, but a little disappointed at the lack of big names on this card.
2: You know, especially for a New York crowd at this venue, okay? Because it's it's a stadium of Jays, all right. Man, I think, and now it's too late because clearly, um, you know, Ortiz and Santana, they're going their separate ways. You know, we You know, this goes this kind of goes back to the first Grand Slam. Cause I think around this time, that's when things started like felt started feeling kind of weird between Ortiz and Santana, but man, I said this on a previous episode, going way back, way, way, way back, I really felt AEW missed the boat, especially when they got FTR, okay? I feel like they missed the boat on having their version of, like, a TLC match with, like, these top tag teams. Let me paint this picture real quick, especially, like, in a venue like this, in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Imagine having AEW's version of a TLC match with the Young Bucks, the Lucha Brothers, FTR, and Santana and Ortiz, bro. Main eventing dynamite for those tag straps. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, dude, that'd be
2: unbelievable. They really missed the boat on that. They could have done their own version of a TLC with those four tag teams. And they missed the boat on that. I'm mean, man, listen, they they still could do it now. You know, obviously Ortiz and Santana wouldn't be there anymore because, you know, they're not a tag team. But man, it's just like over the years, right, the, the amount of talent they got, and it's just like, man, th- there's so many missed opportunities that they could have done, especially like in the New York market. You know who else is not going to be at um Arthur Ashe tomorrow night? Where's my guys? Bullet Club Gold. Where are they at? Yeah. Yep.
1: Jay White. Yeah. Juice Robinson. Um, I know. Imagine
2: them doing the like iconic entrance at Arthur Ashe tomorrow night.
1: Dude, I know, man. I mean, listen, like MJF defending the world title against Mojo, got Eddie Kingston possibly winning the Ring of Honor uh, World Heavyweight Championship, beating Claudio, that's a huge deal. You know, those two things right there are huge deals in itself. I understand that. But again, it's just lacking big names. And you know what? This is what happens when you have all-in and all-out, back-to-back weekends, and then three weeks later, you have a Grand Slam – and then two weeks from now you have Wrestle Dream. This is what happens when they have too many big shows in a short time span. I mean this is just what's going to happen and I fear that this is going to be the case. Oh ever. yeah. <laughs> he says that he's doing the same thing every year. He's running all in and he's running all out and then he's going to run Grand Slam a few weeks later. This is how it's always going to be now and listen, I get he doesn't want to give up the money, the revenue. Things like that. I understand it from a business aspect. But as a fan, it kind of sucks, man. <laughs> it really does. Like I said, I'm excited. The show's going to be good tomorrow. Man, like, this is my first AEW show since full gear 2022 in in Jersey, which was last November. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bummed that I'm not going to get to see Kenny. I'm not going to see okay. Brian. And I'm okay. not going to see Adam Cole. I'm not going to see Jay White, among, among others, you know? So, uh yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a bummer.
2: You know, just to... And, and th- th- I don't want people to get the wrong idea like we're crapping on AEW because we're AEW fans. We're just calling a spade a spade, right? But just to add a little bit more fuel to the fire, right? There was a report that came out. I think it was um Andrew uh, Azarian. Is that the dude's name? Correct me if I'm uh, wrong, yeah. Ryan. From um the Matman podcast? Yes. Is that his name, Andrew Azarian?
1: Yeah, I believe so.
2: Okay. Well, he's on like Res- Wrestling Observer Live also, and he has the the Matt Man podcast. Well, he put out like a a report, or he he tweeted something out saying that he was very confident with um with his sources at saying that the HBO Max or the Max deal with AEW is definitely happening, and they're gonna pump up these pay per views to one a month. And listen, if if you're AEW. You know, consumer, if you will. If they're already burnt out with like the amount of big shows they have now, right? What's gonna happen when they move to like a monthly pay per view model? I, I listen, I don't mind the Wrestle wrestle dream pay-per-view and them moving to like six, seven a year, right? So you have revolution, you got double or nothing, you have all out now, all in, or I mean all in now and now and all out. That's four. Forbidden Door, Wrestle Dream, and then you have Full Gear. That's that's seven right there. If you want to keep it seven a year, I'm, I'm totally clean with that. I'm I'm that that's clean to me. And then you have like those A level dynamites like a Blood and Guts, and then you have um the Arthur Ashmore Grand Slam, and what's another gimmick ones that they be doing like Beach Bash and some other the other fucking title ones that they be having. So eh, that's clean. I'm cool with all that. That's fine. But pumping out a, a, a pay-per-view a month. And listen, I love AEW, okay? I'm not saying that I'm not going to watch these shows. But that's asking a lot from your consumer. And especially with these attendance records that I'm seeing. And, and listen, I'm not one of these people that likes to fucking you know make fun of the attendance records and takes pictures and be like, oh, look at all the empty seats. Because <laughs> that does nothing to uh, move the, the wrestling business forward. If you're one of these people... That does stupid shit like that. I think you're a piece of garbage of a human being. You're not doing nothing, that's moving the the, the the wrestling business forward by doing shit like that. But I am concerned as a fan. I am concerned because it's like now you're asking more from your consumer. Hey, I'm listen. I'm willing to say that you're asking a lot from having all out and all in a week apart.
1: Yeah. So the thing is, they're gonna have to uh, get on a streaming service, and you know HBO Max is is the leading front runner. It seems like yes. and They're definitely going to have to get on there. So I I predict that they will be on there at the beginning of 2024, and you know I hope it's just you know you get an HBO Max subscription and then I already
2: got one, so I'm good.
1: (laughs) Along with it, you don't have to pay anything more for pay-per-views because if they are going to have 12 pay-per-views a year, Mm -hmm. which to be quite honest with you, I'm not surprised that they go down that route. I know they were doing the quarterly pay-per-views for a year, but listen, with AEW growing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger, that was never going to hold up. That was never going to last. I I just had a feeling they were going to eventually expand pay-per-views. I mean, listen, Warner Brothers, HBO Max, they're going to want more content, more AEW content. So you know what? Might as well have 12 pay-per-views a year if you're going to be on max and charge people $10 for it. Like, it doesn't, like, at that point, like, I honestly don't even mind it. Also, too, if you notice after these pay-per-views, there is such a down period at times because they have nothing to build towards because the pay-per-views are so spread apart they're like so far apart like i have to minutes. jump
2: in okay. here real quick hold on i thought there were you were i thought what you were gonna say is like if you notice after these papers, there's such a down period because these press runs. there's some bullshit that always happens <laughs> well yeah i mean that too yeah. <laughs> Damn. but uh
1: no i mean just just the weekly tv man i mean like it's just bad at times. Like, there's just
2: nothing. Oh, listen. I told you. I, I think I, in the last episode that we did, I, I told you that the Dynamite falling all out, it was a nothing burger. It was it was nothing. And, and it's, that's nothing new. Like, that's we've seen that before plenty of times. And I actually saw somebody
1: on Twitter um, last week when this news broke about AEW potentially having 12 pay-per-views a year. Um, some guy literally predicted. He said, why not do New Year's Smash? in January, Fighter Fest in February, Revolution in March, Blood and Guts in April, Double or Nothing in May, Forbidden Door in June, Beach Break in July, All In in August, All Out in September, Wrestle Dream in October, Full Gear November, and then Winter is Coming in December. I mean, you have the names already. I, I see no issue in that, to be honest with you, bro. I really don't. And it gives you, it gives, like, the TV is going to be better because after a pay-per-view, you're going to immediately be building towards the next one, next. just like WWE does. And that's been the problem with AEWs. After a pay-per-view, for weeks after that, it's just like, well, it's a whole lot of nothing because they have nothing to build towards because the pay-per-views are so spread apart. But now with one a month, I think, you know, it'll improve the television product. So I don't, I don't really have a problem with it, to be honest.
2: I think it's still asking a lot from the consumer, depending on, like, where they plan on, like, doing these shows, right? So that's my only concern, right? Not necessarily, like, people buying the pay-per-views, or in this case, it's just going to be on the streaming service, right? That's clean. Listen, I have a max subscription, so I'm, I'm good. I'm here for it. I'm here for, as long as I'm home and I'm, i got nothing going on. I will watch these pay-per-views with no problem, right? Listen, I it took me, it cost me like almost an arm and a leg just to watch All In, and I ended up watching that shit at 10 o'clock at night after the, the show already had aired, okay? So I'm, I'm here for the, the the pay-per-views. But when it, I, when it comes to a drawing ability, and when it comes to them going to nine times out of 10 the same fucking areas, and it's not drawing, that's my concern that's my concern
1: yeah yeah no i mean uh it's fair it's fair i mean have yeah, they're gonna have to go to different markets they're gonna switch things up they're gonna have to um yeah i mean twelve pay-per-views a year they have to figure out where they're gonna run these shows so yeah it's uh listen they're gonna keep vegas and chicago probably the same because tony loves that tradition
2: come on ryan can't we get double or nothing in atlantic city <laughs> dude i mean let me uh, ble- yo we can make a whole weekend out of it bro we'll go to atlantic city you know gcw's gonna piggyback off that shit so they'll do like a show like the saturday before um double or nothing yeah, let's go to atlantic city
1: <laughs> listen i'm all for it bro if i don't got to travel to vegas today <laughs>
2: <laughs> even though even though ryan vegas is a great time <laughs>
1: i know i uh, i still have to get to vegas at some point i hey I, I was gonna go in 2020 man i had that shit booked and uh we all know what happened then. But, Congratulations. Uh, oh, yeah. You
2: yourself.
1: yeah, no, I mean, hey, listen, I'm hoping 12 pay-per-views a year we get at least a few on the on the fricking East Coast. Listen, you know? give me
2: some in New York, Jersey, yep. Philly. Do you want to make the Boston trip happen again? We could do that. T- <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure it's not a holiday weekend. Oh, God. Okay, I think that's it on AEW. I don't know if there's anything else that you want to touch on when it comes to AEW. I mean, there is another story, another big story. That's AEW related, but I want to hold off on that. Uh, let's talk about The Rock. Let's talk about the People's Champ returning to SmackDown. And well, let's let's kind of rewind back before we get to SmackDown. So he was on the Pat McAfee show, right? His um his luxurious podcast, and I believe they were in Colorado, right, for this big game that was happening Saturday. If I'm not mistaken, correct? Yep. Okay. The Rock decided to drop some nuggets, right? And he pretty much confirmed, or maybe he's just working people. He pretty much said that him against Roman, The Rock versus Roman, was set for WrestleMania 39, okay? And, you know, there was talks for that and shit was about to go down and then shit fell through. And I think one of the quotes that he said out of there that they were talking about this back in January of 2022. So it's like, Damn, if they are talking about it since back then, like this was supposed to be, supposed to happen. And I saw some people on social media crapping on this and saying like, oh, really, you guys can't figure out a good story, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, The Rock's not an active wrestler. He's a big movie star. So I get why, you know, shit happens and things didn't work the way it it was supposed to happen. But fast forward later on, the Rock shows up at SmackDown, you know, for the Pat McAfee-Austin Theory segment. I'll get to Austin Theory later. The Rock shows up. You know, you get a little back and forth between Austin Theory and The Rock. You know, we get a spine buster. We get a people's elbow. The crowd goes happy. And now these numbers are going all over the place. Social media, the, the views for the SmackDown Live airing, all this shit. So with all this being said, I think we're going to see The Rock at some point wrestle another match again. And I think it's going to happen with Roman Reigns. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen in Philly, especially because you, we are all assuming that Cody Rhodes is going to face Roman again at um WrestleMania, but I I'm I'm convinced that we're going to get the Rock again. We're going to get the Rock in in the ring and he's going to fight Roman Reigns at some point. Yeah, you know. Oh man, Ryan, your tone just says it all. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, listen,
1: I'll believe it when I see it, man. I, I I just I don't know, man. I can't You're not
2: convinced? I'm not convinced. Wow, no. that's a bomb, bro. That's a bomb right there.
1: Yeah, I mean listen, I watched I watched the Pat McAfee show that day. Uh, it was a Friday afternoon. And uh hey, kudos to Pat McAfee, man. This dude is He's the man, with, I love Pat with his show and he's actually on ESPN now and um I knew he was gonna have the rock on and he was uh he was also going to have Aaron Rodgers on the show which is oh, uh, was a big deal because uh, his season ending injury and stuff like that. Um so like I didn't
2: want to touch on that Ryan cuz I know this is a sensitive subject. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I know it's uh I shouldn't have
0: even brought it up but uh yeah. Congratulations. You played yourself.
1: Um I'm okay though. I'm okay. <laughs> but nonetheless, um the Rock was great on the Pat McAfee show, man. I mean, what a freaking like what a humble guy.
2: Oh, I love The Rock. He's a great guy.
1: He he's really a is. good dude. Like you like a guy like him, you would think he's so like stuck up and just nope. like like let the fame get to his head. Like no, no. dude, he's the total opposite, he's man. The man. He's such a humble, down-to-earth dude. It's unbelievable. Um but after, you know, that interview and stuff a couple of hours later, I started seeing some rumblings on Twitter that like You know, SmackDown was in Denver, Colorado, and that's where the show was. And um, The Rock was also going to be on college game day the following day in Colorado. So, like, he's obviously staying in Colorado overnight. And there was rumblings that him and Pat McAfee were going to be on SmackDown. And even then, I was just like, bro, I got to see it to believe it. Like, I just – you never know with The Rock, bro. There's been too many rumors about him appearing and then he just doesn't show up. So like
2: Well listen, I if I was the rock it. I wouldn't show up for a golden egg on my twenty fifth anniversary of Survivor Series. I wouldn't done that either. A golden fucking egg?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well well let's see that's the thing right there. Like that was the biggest tease of them all. Like like But it was he- crap. It was garbage. Of course, yeah, of course. But I mean you know you
2: tell they're me different regime obviously better. but still. Yeah, I mean. Hold on, wait. Were you at that Survivor Series? I was at that. Yeah. Oh God. Congratulations, yeah, you yeah, played yourself. Know. <laughs> oh God. You
1: know.
2: Okay. Okay. Back. Back to the Rock. Back to the Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Back to rock. Rock.
1: Um, but yeah, listen. Like, I, I was like, okay. Like, this is actually like a time where I actually think he could possibly be there because listen, he has no excuse not to be. If he's going to be on College Game Day tomorrow, he's in. He's in Colorado for the night. Why the hell wouldn't he appear? Right. So, dude, I was tuned in, bro. I was locked. Oh, in. you was all in, baby. I was locked in. Eight o'clock, man. Put on Fox. I was all in. Because I figured if this was going to happen, it was most likely going to be at the start of the show. It wasn't going to be the main event. Right. Um, and, hey, man, when Pat McAfee came out to start the show, I popped huge. It's always great to see Pat McAfee back on WWE TV. And then, as you know, he was dropping hints in that promo against uh, up against Austin Theory. And I knew as soon as he dropped that line about the Mm -hmm. people show, Mm -hmm. I was just waiting for for that theme to hit, man. And boy, oh boy, what a freaking pop!
2: 1000%. 1000%.
1: He was so good. Uh, I mean, and hey, kudos to Austin Theory. I thought he really held his own in there
2: that you know uh, what that's a that's uh i guess that's a that's a great segue for me to kind of jump in here cuz listen i've been very very critical on austin theory okay very critical on the guy okay not his in-ring ability but when it comes to character development the 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 overusage of seeing him on tv this is going back like back to 2022 man with the amount of TV time this guy was getting and getting shot, you know, of the money in the bank stuff and this and that, I was just like, get him off my TV. He's boring. He's terrible. Not in ring wise. I'm talking about you know his uh, you know his in ring segments or whatever. And then the Cena shit happened. That was god awful. But I will say this: this segment with the Rock, he did held his own, right? I still don't think he's likable at all, and I still don't think the crowd gives a shit about him. What the line that popped me was The Rock telling him to shut his bitch ass up. Because this guy literally spoke for everyone, for most of us when it comes to Austin Theory. Because unfortunately, besides this segment, which I think Austin Theory did a great job in, all right, I'm going to give the devil his his credit, okay? Austin Theory is an instant channel changer. I am sorry. Yeah? No, you're not wrong. Anytime I see this man on my TV, I want to change the channel. Because he's God fucking boring. The man's boring. I've I've been on record to to friends. I've said it on here a bunch of times. He's the modern day Rob Conway. Great look, but like besides that, and his wrestling ability is good too. I think he's a really good wrestler also. But like, it's just there's nothing there. I don't know if if a baby face turn could help him, but man, it's like how many opportunities is this guy gonna get? Like, and 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 granted, this Rock segment. I feel like did good for Theory. I really do. I really do think it did some good for Theory because the United States title run, his feud with John Cena, the money in the bank stuff, everything, everything this man has done is just been terrible. Yeah, no,
1: no, I agree. But, I mean, listen, the fact that Austin Theory was put in this spot, it yep. shows a lot. I it mean, does it, show a lot, it, yes. it tells It tells you that, like, WWE has confidence in this guy like they i mean obviously having the match with john cena at wrestlemania yeah it didn't do wonders for him like we had hoped it would have but like the fact that he got wrestlemania match with john cena is an accomplishment in itself yeah and then i mean look at the segment with the rock here like dude like this this man austin theory over the past year um year and a half he was involved heavily uh, with Vince McMahon Stone on Cole. television, Stone Cold. then John Cena, mm-hmm. and now The Rock.
2: And Stone Cold, like, dude, too. Don't huge. forget the Austin stuff from um, WrestleMania. And,
1: yeah, and Steve Austin, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, dude, that's huge.
2: That shows that WWE really trusts this guy. I, I will and... say this, though, and no disrespect to Austin Theory, or maybe some disrespect to Austin Theory. You know what, what would have made this segment even better? If Grayson Waller would have been in this spot. Oh, yeah. I'm a big Grayson Waller guy. Now, to me, Grayson Waller, that's the future right there. That man can headline a WrestleMania. Get Austin Theory out of here. Fuck Austin Theory. Grayson Waller, though, now that's the guy I want to see at a WrestleMania main event. That dude, to me, Grayson Waller does nothing wrong for me. To me, this guy hits home run after home run after home run. I love Grayson Waller.
1: Yeah, no, dude, I agree 100%, man. This dude, uh, he gets it. He's so good on social media. I mean, you see, he's, like, kind of feuding with John Cena. And yeah. he's, like, tweeting out, like, some inspirational John Cena quotes. And it's just absolutely <laughs> hilarious. He's showing up uh, backstage at SmackDown and Cena's old uh, old uh, basketball, like, it's like a basketball jersey yeah, that he was yeah, yeah. wearing. Like, dude, he this this dude just gets love it, Grayson man. Waller, like, dude. He's just I am great. He's great, Grayson Waller guy,
2: and and he's a, he's a great wrestler too. And I think with Grayson Waller, and listen, this is no disrespect to, to Baron Corbin, but right now Austin Theory's in a Baron Corbin role where it's like he knows nobody likes him, he gets heat, and he's really good in the ring. He's in a Baron Corbin role right now. Now, can he get out of that role or not? I don't know. Okay, Because the problem is nobody gives a fuck about Austin Theory. That's the problem. That's the main problem. And I'm not blaming it on Austin Theory. I blame it on creative. But nobody gives a shit about Austin Theory. Now, the flip side of that is Grayson Waller. That's everything that they thought Austin Theory was going to be. Now that's Grayson Waller. And he's delivering. 1000%.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, every single time he's been in there with uh, these big names over the past few months, he's absolutely knocked it out of the park. Um, I do want to see him more in the ring. I feel like they do these Grayson Waller segments and they're just kind of like... Repetitive. Of nothing. Repetitive. With John Cena this past Friday, man. Like Oh, that was a nothing burger. He immediately shifted from that to like... The bloodline and John Cena and then AJ Styles yeah. and John Cena like there was like no point of even having the Waller right. effect right. Uh, segment. So like I do wish they would do a little bit more with this guy, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean he's got such a bright future 1, ahead. One thousand percent. And, and he's he's one of the best things to come out of NXT. I mean ever since they they it's
2: went the two era at that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hey, I agree. Everybody uh, was talking about Brown Breaker and. And some of the other fucking schmucks from the 2.0 era. And, listen, as much as I love Carmelo Hayes, I won't even consider him a 2.0 guy. Because he was still, like, he showed up when it was still, like, black and yellow, right? You know, the gold brand and stuff. So, like, I'm not, I don't consider him a 2.0 guy. But, man, Grayson Waller, to me, that's the guy. That's the fucking guy right there.
1: Yeah, no, dude, I totally agree 100%. I want to see them do more with this guy because uh, I think he has it, man. He gets it
2: he really does he really does so you mentioned john cena and i don't think we've talked about john cena since he made his return he's been with wwe it feels like the last month at this point point. and um you know we've talked about this in the past how listen especially in in my 20s you know till pretty much the, like the last run that cena was on you know when he was like feuding with like aj styles for like the wwe world title Listen, I was never really a Cena guy. I'm not saying that I hated a dude. I didn't hate the man, but like seeing Cena on my TV, seeing him at a live show, at a pay-per-view, I was saying Cena sucks. Get out of here. Cena sucks. I was I was that guy. Alright, I didn't want to see Cena on my TV. I didn't want to see Cena hold every single world title. Cause half the time he didn't deserve holding the world title. Somebody else should have had the world title. With all that being said, I love that now. Cena's in a in a, a position, especially when he made his return. I think it was when twenty twenty one, if I'm not mistaken, when he uh when he was feuding with Roman Reigns. I love that Cena's now in a role where yo he's just universally loved from everyone, from the people like me that used to fucking boo him religiously. He's just universally loved, and listen, we never doubted that he was not a like that he was like a bad guy or anything like that. No, absolutely not. He was. We all know he's a great guy. Okay, he's all the stuff that he does for charities and the Make a Wish Foundation gimmick and all that stuff. Like you know, and, and on top of that, he's a great actor too. So you know, like I'm a big Fast and Furious guy. So seeing him on Fast and Furious, I'm like, holy shit! Like, Fast Nine was a piece of garbage movie, but you know what was the highlight of that movie? John Cena's character that was great so just seeing John Cena you know now in a, in a in a point of his WWE career right his wrestling career where he's just universally loved by everyone I, I fucking love that shit good for him man it, it and you can see it too and I think he even he even mentioned it at Money of the Bank when like he po you know he got the pop from the crowd he was like wow y'all really flipped the script on me like I'm so used to like John Cena sucks and you guys are cheer for me So, like, you could even tell that he really appreciates that. Now, what does the future hold? It seems to me, now, maybe you have something else on your mind, but it seems to me, especially after that Grayson Waller segment, it looks like we might get a tag match, like, at Crown Jewel, Money in the Sand 10. Ryan, can you believe we're at 10 Money in the Sands at this point? Can you believe that? Ugh. Okay, so at Money in the Sand 10, Crown Jewel, okay? I think we're gonna get AJ Styles and John Cena, somewhat of a dream team esque, all right, tag match against the Bloodline, Solo and Jimmy Uso. Um, what do you think? What do you think about John Cena's re- you know return the last month, and what do you think of the possibility of this tag match?
1: Yeah, I mean John Cena's return is uh is a great thing, man. I love seeing him back. It's uh it's funny how things work out, man. As soon as Hollywood goes on strike, here we go. We get John Cena back and we, we get the rock.
2: Back. Where's Batista? Come on.
1: <laughs> right. He's the next one to come over. Um so thank you, Hollywood, I guess. But oh dude, this is great, man. To see John Cena here for at least the end of the year. That's
2: great, bro. I would have never had this in my bingo card.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't expect it at all, and it's it's great to see. I, I dude, I mean, it's so funny because like you just mentioned before, man. Like I was not a John Cena guy a couple of years ago, and now, listen, hey, I guess you know he's
2: one, he's one of the goats, bro.
1: He's one of the goats. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. He's on the top of the Mount Rushmore. He's probably one of the greatest of all time. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, it's like I said, it's always great to see him here, and I can't wait to see. Uh, when he has another match, you know, I, I, I'm sure it's coming up. Like you said, that tag match against the bloodline looks like it's going to be happening. I don't know if it's going to happen at the money in the sand show though. I feel like they're, they might do it at the next show. Uh,
0: I think it's a
2: fast lane, but you know, Cena, Cena is going to be at money in the sand.
0: Well,
1: the rumor is that Roman Reigns is defending his title at that show. So I feel like he's defending against AJ Styles.
2: Well, listen, you know me. I'm a big AJ Styles fan. And I'm not hating on that. I think you need, especially because you don't have AJ Styles for much longer, right? Maybe a year or two tops, give or take. You need to use this because clearly he's the man is still over. You hear the crowd reactions AJ gets. Like, come on, let's. Especially let's add more shit to Roman Reigns's like reign that he's on. Like, yeah, he's beat he's beat AJ before, right? We've seen that those two phenomenal matches in 2016. We've seen that. But we haven't seen this version of Roman Reigns with all that stock that he has now, right? Not the stock that the fucking company was, you know, fucking strapping on his back. No, I'm talking about like the man has built stock at this point, right? He's on this historical reign. And then he fucking had, puts on a band with AJ Styles and now, like, fuck it. Let's, let's see AJ and fucking Roman. I'm here for it. Listen, we don't get the tag match. I'm here for Roman and Roman. I mean, I'm here for AJ and Roman at um, Crown Jewel.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like that's going to be the match. And if it's not going to be the
2: match. I'm here for it, bro. I'm here for it.
1: Yeah. If not, it's going to be John Cena and Roman Reigns. Well, um, you of- know what?
2: I'm here for that, too.
1: Yeah, I'm nice, nice, so nice. But I am intrigued about this tag match potentially. It was cool to see AJ Styles come to the aid of John Cena. Who
2: would ever after... thunk it? Beat up John Cena. Help out John Cena. Yeah,
1: after that historic rivalry <laughs> that they had, they went up together. It's uh, it's pretty crazy oh, how man. things work out sometimes. So
2: it's so nuts too because I I, rem- I believe that was the the first match was in 2016. They had two matches, at, and I know the, the big one was at SummerSlam, and then they had that yeah. crazy one in 2017 at, at the Rumble. Yo, those yeah. two dudes had such a great chemistry. And I remember, I don't know if Cena said this like low-key, but that was the year Okada and Omega fought at Wrestle Kingdom. And I think Cena said it in an interview or something where it's like, me and AJ are trying to top that. And I don't think they topped it, but I do think that match was incredible, though, between AJ and John Cena.
1: Yeah, I mean, for WWE standards. Yes, it was definitely like as close as you're gonna to get to a five star match. One thousand sure. percent.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, thousand I mean, percent. That that now. I remember doing the rankings that year um for matches of the year. And I I remember, you know, obviously Omega and Okada was number one, right? But um and I don't think I I don't think Omega Okada one was number one. I think I put Omega Okada two as number one, if I'm not mistaken, which was I forget what 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 pay per view was that for New Japan? I don't know if it was King for Pro Wrestling or Dominion, I forget. Anyways. But uh I remember also having AJ and Cena that year. It was ranked in one of the in the top ten matches of the year. That that match is phenomenal, bro. Um I'm telling you, that that stretch, bro. 2017, 2018. Yo, we was getting some bangers from like all these different companies.
1: Dude, that was a great,
0: especially WWE, that was a great time period. Realized it
1: in the moment, but, you know, years pass and you look back on it, you're like, wow, like, shit, that was a good freaking year.
2: It really was, bro. It really was. Okay. A little more on the WWE front. We also we finally got the big merger. All right, between UFC and WWE. TKO, baby. We had this big um Wall Street gimmick. You had Triple H there. You had Dana White there. What's my guy's name? Um uh him called? What's his face? The the guy that owns all this shit. I forget his fucking name. The guy that owns, uh, you know, the the, the UFC, WWE, what's the hell? The Endeavor dude. I forget the guy's name. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know his name. R- Ari Emanuel? Is that the guy's name? I think it's Ari yeah. Emanuel. I don't even know. I think it's Ari Emanuel. So you had him there. You had Vince looking like a fucking... I don't want to even know. say what he looks like, but, you know, if, if just that mustache alone, you could kind of, you know, figure it out what he kind of looks like. Um... Bianca Belair was there. You had Montez Ford. It was it was good. It was good. You know, good publicity for both WWE and UFC. And then they debuted a nice TKO title. Please, WWE. And please, UFC. All right? I'm not an MMA watcher. I'm more of a casual one. But please, WWE and UFC. Just because this merger happens, that doesn't mean you have to create an actual TKO championship. Okay? Which I'm kind of worried that that's what they're going to do. But hopefully they don't do that. But um, they did have a title there with both the WWE logo and the UFC logo. And there was a big montage gimmick video thing with the UFC and the WWE and Dana White doing the voiceover. All that good stuff, or whatever. Um, with all that being said, right? My biggest takeaway, and you're going to laugh at this, Ryan. My biggest takeaway from this merger, besides the fact that it's historical... And that, who would ever thunk it? These two conglomerates, both WB and UFC now being under the same roof, if you will. I don't think anybody could have predicted this, right? But my biggest takeaway of all of this is, Jesus Christ, can we could we come up with a better logo? This TKO logo looks like, um, it looks like, it looks like something that they kind of like, try to get Randy Orton's thoughts for like an RKO logo and Randy was like nah I'm not really feeling this and then they kind of just saved it just in case and they're like hey fuck it. let's just change the to R to the T and we'll make this the TKO logo
1: yeah I know I agree 100%. it's the most generic shit I've ever seen
2: it is so lame
0: congratulations you played yourself it is so oh,
2: man. It it looks like something they pitched to Randy. Like, hey, Randy, we got a new shirt idea for you. What do you think of this gimmick? And Randy was like, what are you fucking stupid? I don't want to wear that shit. And they're like, all right, no problem, Randy. We'll come up with something else. But they saved it, okay? And when they, decided, they figured out that, hey, we're going to name this new company TKO, right? They're like, hey, remember that Randy logo that we never use? What if we just change the T to an R? I mean, the, the R to a T, and we just make that the gimmick?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's – yeah. I, <laughs> I agree 100%. <laughs> listen, I don't really care. You know, this merger thing, it's like, yeah, it's cool. It's whatever. You know, I'm just like you said before.
2: It, it's historic, you know, for from like a, a history standpoint. Like, And listen, yeah. I, like I said – if anything, I'm more of a casual MMA watcher, yeah, right? Me but me but I um, think it's just history. Like, the fact that these two entities, right, now they're under the same roof. That, from a historical standpoint, is pretty nuts.
1: Yeah, and the fact that Vince McMahon and the McMahon family don't own WWE anymore. Right. That's that's the biggest thing about that's the biggest takeaway from this. Right. Um, You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm a very casual UFC watcher as well. I'll hop on the bandwagon and watch some of the big fights when they go down. Mm-hmm. Sure. Why not? But I'm not a diehard fan. And I know the, the, um, the owner of this TKO endeavor group, who, the, wh- whatever you, whatever his name was, uh,
2: Ari Emanuel.
1: He said, he hopes that UFC fans, become WWE fans and WWE fans become UFC
2: fans oh, and they all God. get along. Like listen, that's not going to happen. It's <laughs> not going to happen. Listen, no, MMA man. fans hate unless yeah. you watch both, right? But yeah. these like some of these MMA fans, they fucking hate fucking yep. wrestling. They hate it. No, which the, the, the it. here's the the irony of all that is a lot of these MMA fighters are fans of wrestling.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, they're two very passionate fan bases, man. Like, they're very, very vocal and protective of, you know, their respective brands. So, listen, hey, it is what it is, man. Wrestling fans are protective over wrestling, and UFC fans are protective over UFC. That's it. I mean, one's real, one's fake, and that's just always going to be the divide between the two. So, uh, you know, it's cool that they're under the same banner, though, but... As far as, you know, the fans getting along, no shot. Let
2: me ask you a question, though, since we're on the topic of, like, just them Mm -hmm. being on the same, under the same roof now with this TKO uh, group. What are the odds and what are the chances? Not anytime soon, but I'll give it a cap of five years from now. Is there any way, whether it's on the same night or a big weekend, where we see UFC and WWE do some type of joint show like i said not anytime soon i'm talking about five years or we can even push it to 10 years from now where they take over it doesn't have to be the same night but they take over a weekend do you see Mm -hmm. that being a possibility
1: yeah i i could see it for sure yeah i could see there being a huge weekend where it's ufc and wwe running in the same town on a big big weekend yep um, and you know what? This I know like a lot of people, myself included, I'm sure you as well, have been enjoying the WWE pay per views on uh, Saturday nights. Oh yeah. New Saturday night PLEs. Oh yeah. It's it's gonna go back to Sunday night <laughs> with this endeavor. Yep. And with this endeavor deal, it's going to go back to ah, Sunday. Yeah, yep, because UFC runs Saturday, man. That's that's it. They're and, the king. And, and I
2: think with UFC, I feel like there's there's always something going on every weekend. Yep.
1: Yeah. They, whether it's pay-per-view or a fight night on TV, on regular, you know, cable network, television, um, there's always something going on. So, yeah, I can totally see, just say, like, it's SummerSlam weekend, and just say SummerSlam's running in, I don't know, let's just say Vegas. And I could definitely see WWE running on Sunday night, SummerSlam, and then UFC running Saturday night, both in Vegas. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, they make it a huge weekend. Heck t- ticket to both shows, you know? You get you get a combo ticket, you get a UF you know, it, it gets you access to the UFC fight and then the WWE pay per view the next day. Who's to say?
2: Yeah, yeah, listen. I could totally see it. I could definitely see that too, especially they're under the same roof, so if they wanted to do like a business model where once a year they do like this joint weekend, I don't, I, I don't see that being ruled out. I could definitely see that happening now. Am I going to say that this is going to happen within the next year? No, but like five years from now, I could definitely see that happening.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Well, once they get their footing, oh, you yeah. know, I, I could, uh, I could definitely see it for sure.
2: All right. Since we're on the topic of MMA, and, you know, with this whole merger with the TKO stuff, I, I guess we'll, we'll bring this in and, and tie it in. So uh, our guy, CM Punk, okay, he went back to doing some commentary for, um, I think it's called Cage Fury Fighting, which is like a little, I guess, sister promotion, if you will, under the UFC banner. You know, it's under the Fight Pass gimmick. Um, And, yeah, he went back to commentating, and he said a line where... On commentary saying that he has a lot of time on his hands, he has about two months. Now, a lot of people ran with that and said, like, Oh my god, he's gonna show up at Survivor Series. Um, I think he's trolling, right? Not saying that he won't return to a WWE ring or a WWE TV, not saying that I'm not ruling that out, but I definitely do think he's trolling when he made that comment. What's your thoughts, real quick?
1: Yep, yeah, I totally agree. He's uh, he's 100% trolling. Listen, if CM Punk is going to go back, and I, I strongly think he will go back eventually, No, yeah. I don't think it's going to be as soon as Survivor Series. I just feel like it's way too soon. Um, if anything, the Royal Rumble. But if not, uh, maybe sometime in, in late 2024. But I do think he's going to go back. I mean, I just feel like it's inevitable. I don't know. It's just my gut feeling. But I think Survivor Series is a little bit too soon. So, yeah, I, I, I took that as completely trolling, 100%. In,
2: in a Nick Houseman update, he still can't get CM Punk's dick out of his oh, fucking mouth. God. Bitch! No, I just wanted kid, to me. throw that in there.
1: Yeah, well, what else is new?
2: <laughs> All right. Okay, big story. Big story. We're going to go back to AEW with this because I definitely want to get your thoughts on this because I, I think this could be a long con- a conversation or maybe it'll be a short one. I don't know. But I, I think there's like a lot of different just ways of looking at this. So, I think it was two collisions ago, if I'm not mistaken. Dominant. Beautiful. Star written all over her. Jade Cargill returns that collision. Collision, okay? AEW Collision. She originally, what I thought, she was making a save for um, Statlander, Chris Statlander, right after she was getting beat down by the Renegade Twins. Instead, she ends up kind of like saying like, yeah, hey, I got your hand, I got your back. And then she attacks Chris Statlander and holds a TBS championship and blah, 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 right? I think I told you, damn, that's kind of weird. I mentioned this on the last episode. I'm like, that's kind of weird. We're going to go back to the TBS championship? I think she needs to be moved up to the world title. That's what we need to do with Jay Cargill. We don't want to go back to the same gimmick. That's that's my booking logic, right? But who am I? I'm just a fucking wrestling fan, right, that does a fucking show, okay, and talks about wrestling. <laughs> what do I know, right? And then well, they booked the, the match at Rampage. I'm like, oh, come on. Really? Rampage? Could, could, could we have gotten a dynamite? Collision? Could we have gotten a collision a week later? And then all these reports start coming out. Then that's it. It's a wrap. That, that after she does this match, is over. No more Jade Cargill. Her contract might be up. And she might go to the WWE. Which is weird because like about a month ago she did an interview saying like Tony Khan was one of her best bosses. And she has an open line with Tony Khan. And she doesn't see herself leaving Tony Khan in AEW. What the fuck? Now we're getting all these reports that she's going to go to the WWE. And now, as of right now, as we are recording this, she's not under an AEW contract. And the rumor is that she's right now as we speak at the... Well, not as we speak. But she has been at the Performance Center in Florida. Man. This is a big congratulations on AEW.
0: Congratulations. You played yourself.
2: Yeah. Adam- yeah. I mean, this is. So, like, <laughs>
1: we were just talking last week about her. Uh, I think it was last week. Yeah. Like We were talking about her returning and everything and, uh, you know, where we see her going and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think I mentioned, I was like, listen, this is going to be really interesting to see how they book her moving forward oh. because they already made her so dominant as the TBS champ. So, like, like, how are they going to book her moving forward in this women's division, right? Like, I was just, like, very confused, and I was intrigued to see how, how it was going to go. Um, and, yeah, they announced the match for Rampage. And, you know, I was watching Dynamite that night when they announced this match that was going to be on Rampage. And I said to myself, really? Like, Rampage? Like, we're rushing this already? Like, no! not even Collision? Not even, like, Not
2: even Collision? Not even Wrestle Dream?" Yeah, or even grand slam. Well, great. You know? Grand slams, right there. Yeah. So I, you had signed I, her to like a like a quick little contract, like you know, a little a little yeah. addition, uh, uh, some some dates, some extra dates. Could have had done it at grand slam. Come on. Yeah, yeah,
1: dude. I was very, very confused, and that at that point, I I felt like something was up. Some uh, you
2: you told yourself, Ryan, something is going on. Something's
1: going on, and I mean, I didn't expect this, but I, I just felt like there was something Bam! weird going on. Um, and then you know, of course, the next morning, or actually later that night, it, I think he dropped it at like two in the morning. Man, Sean Rossap, he's doing uh his homework overnight.
2: Well, listen, Sean Rossap, and listen, I know some people have their opinions about Sean Rossap, but I will say that they ain't nobody touching him when it comes to the sheet game. The man is fucking killing it. No
1: doubt, no doubt about it. Um, he is the he is the source he, in the wrestling world nowadays. He's
2: the undisputed king when it comes to these dirt sheet reports, man. Fuck Nick Houseman, Meltzer needs to go fucking retire somewhere. Uh, I'm not gonna mention some of the other Joe schmoes of the world. And listen, there's some other reliable sources like you know I'm a big Mike Johnson guy. I like PW Insider, okay. But um, ain't nobody touching SRS right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, no, he is uh he's definitely the go to for sure. Oh yeah. Um, you know, he, he's dropping this bombshell at like two in the morning that Jade Cargill is finishing up with AEW and <laughs> headed to WWE and
2: my, my man S R S is drinking coffee, eyes are bloodshot red, just typing and typing away.
1: Yeah, hey, listen, gotta do what you gotta do to pump out this news, man.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's 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 the nature of the beast. Yes. But uh listen, honestly, <sighs> Not shocked by this news. I'll be honest. Um, I mean, I- I'm shocked at the timing of it. Yes. I think because, like you mentioned, she just came out in an interview recently and was talking highly of AEW and Tony Khan, and saying she doesn't want to be anywhere but AEW. So the fact that, like, now we're reading that she's going to WWE, it's mm-hmm. it's uh,
2: it's kind of weird timing, right?
1: Very weird. Uh, but listen, I'm not shocked.
2: I'm happy and... for Jade. I-, I also don't want to get it twisted. Listen, this is a big congratulations, you played yourself on AEW, right? Congratulations,
0: you played yourself.
2: But in the same token, it's a big congratulations for... Congratulations. For WWE. Because to me, the way I look at it is like... if If it was like a money situation, I don't know. But we already know what kind of star she looked in AEW, right? Like you saw that star potential... Like, she could grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And yes, is it a missed opportunity not putting the Women's World title on her? 1,000%. And that's where the congratulations you played yourself on AEW and Tony Khan, that's why they get that. But on WWE, bro, listen, man. The future is endless with Jade Cargill. Forget about the possible matchups, right? Forget about that aspect. This girl is gonna be a oh, huge star in the WWE, bro. Huge, whether it's a heel or a face. And then you talk about the possible matchups she could have. And I know some people. And listen, I know Pete gets crapped on, but like I like Peter Rosenberg, all right? I think everything that the man has built and he's done for his career, he deserves. He's busted his ass for it. Whatever. Is he a bit of a WWE show? One thousand percent. But he made a he made a comment saying like, oh, Jade Cargill's not ready for the main roster. She needs to go to NXT, right? With that star potential with Jade Cargill, listen, do you want her to be training at the Performance Center? 1,000%. But she's main roster ready when it comes to look-wise. If you could put Nia Jax on the main roster, you could put Jade Cargill on the main roster. She don't need NXT. The, 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 The way Jade Cargill looks, the way she carries herself, listen, she's main roster ready. Does she needs to learn the WWE style one thousand percent? But she could do that at the Performance Center. And just because she signs a WWE deal doesn't mean you have to fucking debut her right away. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, uh, listen. I'm gonna just I'm gonna go back to like the beginning. Uh, you know, just give uh some some of my thoughts on you know the beginning of what, yeah. Go what ahead. We were talking about. So like, uh, as for AEW dropping the ball on Jade, I know I've seen a lot of people saying that, and oh, it's a big loss and stuff like that. I'm going to actually, like, disagree with people that are saying it's a huge loss. I'll be honest, man. Like, I don't think this is a loss for AEW at all. I think they'll be just fine. I think the women's division is a mess. 1,000%. Oh,
2: with
1: without Jade Cargill. It doesn't matter where, whether she's there or not. I think she hit her peak. Because, yeah, she could have won the Women's World Championship. But then what? Then what? She goes on another long title reign like she did with the TBS title, and then what? People get tired of it. They get sick and tired of it like they did with the TBS reign. I feel like she hit her peak. She did all that she could there, and this is the smartest career move that she could have ever made,
2: I think. 1,000%.
1: But I don't know if putting her on the main roster right out of the gate is the smartest move. Now, I understand, you know, what you're saying. Like, hey, if Nia Jax can be there, why can't she? I get that. She has star potential written all over her. Trust me, I get that. She is going to thrive in WWE. Once she gets her footing, once she gets used to the, the setting there and yeah. and how things operate there, she is going to thrive. I mean, she is a superstar. I mean, we, we, we've we seen it before. And, and you look at her. She stream superstar just by her looks. Um, I don't know if putting her right on the main roster, though, is the smartest move. Um, I think she can really benefit from some time down in NXT, man. Just, again, to get her footing, to get comfortable with the cameras, to get comfortable with the WWE setting, to just find herself, find a character, uh, work on herself a little bit more. I mean, she's not—she's a good— Solid talent but I think there's definitely room for improvement there so I don't know I mean listen like I understand why they would put want to put her on the main roster and apparently with the amount of money they're paying her (laughs) like no wonder if she's gonna skip NXT but I don't know man Uh, I do have my concerns I don't know if I would throw her right into the fire right away Um, but hey, listen, I guess if if that's how she's going to learn, that's how she's going to learn. Um, but I do think she has superstar potential written all over her in the WWE, and the sky is the absolute limit. But I just feel like she could benefit from some time down in NXT first before heading up to the main roster.
2: I'm cool with her putting in those that time in the performance center. I'm cool with all that. I just don't want to see her in NXT. I think that girl. It's different. It's different with people like Bianca, right? Because Bianca wasn't like on TV in any other wrestling program or anything like that, right? And she didn't do the indie. She just started at the Performance Center. And I'm using Bianca as an example because you know a lot of people have compared Bianca and Jay Cargo, right? Just physique wise, and the way they carry themselves, and just like how how much of a role model they are to all these individuals, right? So that's why I'm using Bianca as like the the comparison. Bianca was different. She didn't appear in all no the wrestling show. She kind of started with the ground up. She started in the WWE Performance Center, NXT, and listen, a lot of people even argue, but like, what? How you not? How do you miss the boat on that? How did you? How come you didn't put the NXT Women's title on Bianca right? And especially now, how NXT is like in this weird stage and, and weird, and not in a bad way. But, like, Becky Lynch is right now at the NXT Women's Champion. So who's to say, right? A year from now, Bianca Belair could show up at NXT and win the women's title over there, right? Which I wouldn't hate. But to me, Jade Cargill, especially coming out of AEW, right? Now this is your second, okay? Cody Rhodes was the first one. Now you have Jade Cargill, which is an AEW homegrown talent. How do you not capitalize that on that? And just wasted on NXT. And this is no disrespect on NXT. I don't watch the show. I don't even watch the fucking babe reviews. But But some of the talent there are amazing. Like, I, I think Tiffany Stratton, I think she has so much potential. I'm a big Carmelo Hayes guy. I love the talent there. But NXT is just not for me. Okay? And this is coming from a, a guy that loves Shawn Michaels. And he's booking this shit. And I still will not watch NXT. I just can't do it. To me, with all that clout, Jake Cargill's leaving AEW just to show up in NXT, to me, that's just a waste, man. Is there room to grow? 1,000%. But I think there's still, you could grow without just showing up in NXT. You don't have to debut on the main roster right away. We're we're about to be in October, right? We're in towards the tail end of September, right? Who's the fucking say? Let her fucking make some rounds. She signs a deal. She puts in that work in at the Performance Center. Hold off on a fucking debut. Debut at the Royal Rumble. Why not? Hey, listen,
1: I understand. I I, I get all that for sure, 100%. And listen, like, do I need to see her involved in storylines down in NXT with, I don't know, Tiffany Stratton and Lyra Valkyria and all those women down there? No, not necessarily. Um, I don't know. I guess I just feel like she could just benefit from just getting, you know, introduced to the WWE world, right? um, you right. know, by going down there, but Hey, listen, I guess, you know, if you're going to throw on the main roster, it's sink or swim and see how she, see how she does, man. It, it could end up being the best thing for her. Mm-hmm. And apparently, and listen, I'm taking this as a complete grain of salt. Um, apparently there's creative plans already in the works for her. I don't know if you saw that, I did that report, that. I
2: did which that.
1: is like hilarious to me because like they can't even find creative plans for Cody Rhodes ever since his Brock Lesnar feud. He's just in the middle of nowhere, but they already have plans in place for Jade Gargill. Like give me a freaking break, bro. Like Rhea Ripley hasn't had a, like any competition, like any good challenger since she won this title at WrestleMania. They've had no creative plans for her. But you're telling me they're already working on creative plans for Jade Cargill? Like, give me a break.
2: I will say this, though. Whenever the time is right, just the idea of Jade Cargill tangling up with, like, these alpha females, like a Charlotte Flair, like a Bianca Belair, like a Becky Lynch, like a Raquel Gonzalez, like all these, like, women, like, top-tier women, that's exciting to me, man. That really is. And I think long run, the long run, I I just, I think Jade Cargill is going to be an even bigger star. Like I said, I still stand by this is a loss for AEW. Not saying that AEW is not going to be fine. Not saying that the women's division isn't going to be fine, even though the women's division is not going to be fine. But I also look at it like, damn, man. Like, I still could have seen a Jade Cargill baby face turn in AEW. We still could have seen her be a baby face holding the women's world title. Like those are the missed opportunities I see in AEW where it's like that's the congratulations you played yourself, right? But is she going to be a bigger star in WWE? 1000%.
1: Yeah, you know, it is funny that like certain people Tony Khan is okay with just letting go, right? Like he let Cody go with no issue, right? He let Brian Pillman Jr. go with no issue. He let Jade Cargill just go with no issue. Like he let all three of those guys and gals walk right into the hands of WWE. And, like, it's kind of funny how that works, right? Like, you know, you hear some of these guys like he's so protective over, but then some people he just, you know, he doesn't want to spend the money on. And it's kind of weird, you know? Um, Like, why wouldn't he want to spend the money on Jade Cargill and retain her, right? Like, it seems like a no-brainer, but...
2: She's an AEW original, grown man. Uh, you know, a grown talent from AEW, and you don't want to. And I want.
1: Won- I wonder how much of uh, the the Cody influence, uh, you know, like Cody had uh, on her. Because I'm
2: glad you brought that up. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if you if you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking, but I don't think this is gonna end here. I think we're gonna. This is gonna be a, the start of a wave. I'm not saying that's gonna happen like right away. But I think this is going to be a start of a wave where we're going to see some of these AEW talent, especially that have ties with Cody Rhodes, showing up to AEW, okay? Yeah. I think Warlow could be a possibility. I think Ricky Starks is a big possibility. Yeah. And you know what? At one point, I thought MJF could be a possibility. I'm not saying that it can't be. But I just see the way they they treat MJF like gold. I, I really doubt that he's going to go. But who's to say? It could happen, right? You just never know. But Warlow and especially Ricky Starks, I could see him. They I could see both of them going to WWE, man. And you know what? If that happens, I'm all for it, bro. Oh no. Yeah, 1000%, I'm not I'm not hating on that. Listen. Yeah. Guys like Ricky Starks, guys like Warlow, even Jake Cargo, even though like I said, I'm just noting what could have been possibilities in AEW, a babyface turn, uh, women's world title um run for her? Those, to me, are missed opportunities. But am I happy for her going to WWE? 1,000%. Guys like Warlow, guys like Ricky Stars, Jake Cargill now, like, good for them if they want to go to WWE, right? I, I think that's great. That's great for them. They could kind of fit that WWE style. I'm more concerned of seeing like the Bucks and Kenny Omega and W well, not maybe not so much Kenny Omega, but like the Young Bucks, oh my God. That would that was that would hurt my feelings if they went to WWE. That would that would oh my God. I would be devastated if they went to WWE. But like guys like Ricky Starks and, and Warlove, nah man. I wouldn't I wouldn't like I would care, like good for them. Like I'm happy for them. But I don't think because it's like look at what they're doing in AEW right? Wardlow, we haven't seen them. The, the man fucking lost all his mojo after he cut his hair. And then Ricky to listen, Ricky starts how he hasn't held a, a, a single title yet, that to me is mind-boggling. I, I don't understand why. Who's to say, man? If they went to WWE, maybe things would be different.
1: Yeah, dude, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, especially Wardlow, what is he doing right now?
2: Growing his hair lot. back, hopefully?
1: <laughs> yeah, we can only hope. I mean, AEW hasn't done anything with this guy. I mean, this guy was red hot at one point. He's done nothing. So, listen, like, I'm all for these guys and gals jumping ship back and forth, man. That's what makes the the, the business and the industry hot and 100%. exciting and interesting. I mean, you know, just a change of scenery for some of these guys and girls, like, can do wonders for them. And, listen, like, I mean, it's pretty much, obviously, like, confirmation now. Like, it's pretty much confirmed that j Oh, Carl- yeah. The WWE, so like Jade versus Charlotte Flair at Ugh. a WrestleMania, or Jade versus a Bianca Belair at WrestleMania, or like
2: Rhea Ripley or a Becky Lynch, or I mean, yeah, the sky's the limit.
1: That excites me. A Wardlow versus anybody like on the WWE roster, like a Wardlow versus a Roman Reigns. Or, oh yeah, uh, any literally anybody that excites me. Same with Ricky Starks. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, the industry is healthy, and uh, you know it. it Keeps things interesting when people jump back and forth, and uh, sometimes it's needed. And I think, listen, if, like you said, if Ricky and Wardlow are the the next guys to jump ship, I'm all for it, man. I'm totally here for it.
2: Yeah, me too, bro. Me too. Um And I think that's ultimately what we want from, like, just a wrestling business. If you're, like, a real, like, wrestling fan and you want to see all these, like, companies succeed and you're not, like – Plain into like the tribalism of it all you want to see all these wrestling companies succeed listen impact i think it was like a week ago or two weeks ago they did their like 1000 like impact taping or whatever and like so many like like some of the old knockouts like awesome kong and gail kim and the beautiful people and mickey james made her return and you had like all these old, old school like tna people showing up there like you know that's good good for them you know like i know Ha ha, it's impact or haha ha, it's tna but like good for them like we want to see all these wrestling companies succeed obviously there's different levels to this shit right you know you have your wb which is like the top tier of it all and then you have your AEWs and your new japan's and then underneath that you have your, like your impacts of the world and gcws and stuff like that so it's like for me as a wrestling fan like i just want to see options for all these men and women because it's like that's what makes the business healthier and if you're one of these individuals that wants to see one of these companies fail, you're a piece of shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, especially with you know, we watch AEW and we watch WWE. So, like, quite honestly, like with the exception, like you said, of the Young Bucks or you know, Kenny Omega's,
2: like, do do we really care who goes where? No. Right? I, listen, as long as as long as um we see them on our TV and they're getting like spotlighted and showcased, that's all I really care about. You know. Uh, I, there was um there was a report I think SRS uh put it out like a day or two ago where there were some people that showed up at the performance center and there was like it was like David Finley's younger brother I think it was like Rich Richard Holiday who was formerly an MLW um and then a couple other like women some that wrestled for like the NWA and stuff that they were getting their shot at the performance center so it's like listen the the wrestling business is moving okay and regardless of what you watch or what promotion you're into whatever. It's gonna keep moving, but the only way way it's gonna keep moving is if we stop with the tribalism and we support whatever we like. You don't have to support everything. Like, listen, I told you I watch everything for the most part, right? But like, I don't watch NXT because I just don't got time for it, and it's not a show for me. Do I want to see the NXT brand fail, even though it's under the WWE umbrella? No, absolutely not. I love some of the talent there, but it's just like I just have no time to watch it.
1: Yeah. No, I'm the same here. I don't, I barely have time to watch all of the WWE programming everything. <laughs> right. Time. You know, it's tough. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, like we just said, the, the industry is healthy when people jump ship back and forth. It, mm-hmm. it, it makes things exciting and uh, keeps things fresh. And, and listen, like, I mean, I I get kind of tired of watching the guys, uh, you know, the same thing going on on, over and over and over again on my TV screen. So it's a nice change of scenery. It's a nice change of pace. So uh, listen, I'm here for this, man. I love this. When I saw that Jade Cargill was going to WWE, oh
2: man, dude, I was pumped. Yeah, me I too, man. Pumped. I'm happy for her, man, because I think we've all saw her when we when we all just saw how her look and stuff. We were like, fuck, man, this is. She's gonna be a big star. And, you know, fast forward from her debut match with tagging with Shaq and then, you know, the TBS title win and her, her reign and all this. And now she's showing up to WWE. Good for her, man. And I, I, I really hope, especially with with Endeavor now all owning WWE and UFC is on the, under the same roof and they do businesses with like Hollywood and stuff like that. I hope she gets opportunities not only to succeed in WWE, but also she gets some movie roles. Like I know she said on like Talk Is Jericho with Chris Jericho, she said like she would love to play Storm in an X Men movie. I hope she gets that opportunity because guess what? She would make an amazing Storm. <laughs> yeah, totally, hundred percent, man. I agree. Yeah, man. Uh, I I just love seeing stuff like this, and you know, I know Jay Jay Cargo is gonna do great things, and like you said. If you're a fan of the of these wrestlers, these men and women, right? Who gives a shit what what company they jump shit to, you know? Also, you got to look at it like at the end of the day they're people just like me and you, right? So, they're doing this for what benefits them and their families. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, especially Jay Cargo, I know she has
1: um, a young daughter yes. and uh, you know, her husband used to play in the MLB, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Phillips. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, she's about to take on the schedule now. But I mean, hey, listen, good for her, man. Like she's she obviously got that bag. And uh, you know, we'll see when and where she pops up. And uh I'm excited for the ride. I, I'm excited to see yeah. where she where she goes, what she does. And uh like we said the sky's the limit for her. So if she's gonna main, you know, debut on the main roster, I'm intrigued to see how that how that comes about.
2: It really is, man. Just like, you know, like the John Cena's of the world, the Bianca Belair's of the world, um, she's going to be one of those individuals in WB where I think she's going to, like, really, like, make an impact, right? And I could see her being, like, all over, like, the billboards and, like, for example, with the whole TKO stuff that happened last week at Wall Street with the UFC and WWE, you know how they had Bianca Belair and Montes Four show up there with Triple H or whatever. I could see Jake Cargill showing up to like gimmicks like that and, you know, representing the WWE brand. Like, you know, we just look at it from like a wrestling standpoint or like what we see on TV, right? But also, specifically WWE, not saying that all these other companies don't do it, but specifically WWE, they also look at How much of a great ambassador are you going to be for the company, right? So when they look at, like, people like the Roman Reigns of the world and stuff like that, it's like, how are you going to represent our brand? And I think Jade Cargo is going to fit like a fucking glove.
1: Yeah. No, me too. Me too. She's going to be a great PR person for them. And, uh, yeah, 100%, dude. Uh, I I can't wait to see what happens with her. I, I feel like, like I said, you just look at her and she screams star. Oh and, uh, you know, she's one of those people that, you know, you could see representing the company for sure, like, as the face uh, of the company. So, yeah, she could easily be another Bianca Belair. And, uh, you know, that's one of my dream matches. Oh, to
2: that match is going to be yeah. so good. So,
1: yeah, dude, I, I, I think, you know, WWE struck gold here. You know, I don't know how this happened. Again, like I said before. Weird I'm hating it, though. <laughs> out of nowhere. I'm not hating it, no, but, like, just weird-ass timing. Oh, I yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, very random. But listen, I think it's the right fit.
2: Yeah, me too, bro. And with that, I think that's it, bro. I think we knocked out a a really cool episode, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, hey, listen, we had to to pump out something. There was a lot of, uh, you know, a couple of things to to get to. And uh, listen, it's 12.30 a.m. on uh, what is now Wednesday morning. But listen, we had to pump it out, so...
2: Listen, nah, I'm happy. I'm happy incredible. with this episode, bro. I'm really happy with, with everything we discussed, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: All right, Ryan, give me your plugs in.
1: All right, at Luch Outsiders on Twitter. Uh, once again, been a little slow there, but uh,
2: give a follow anyway. What's up with the Twitter gimmick? I read something. No, actually, I didn't read it. I heard it that apparently Elon Musk is trying to like charge people. It's gonna be like a subscription gimmick now and some ish like that did you hear anything about that i did
1: not but honestly that you <laughs> have there because i would not be shocked in the slightest but you know what if he's, he's, he's to to keep you for yourself, half, i'm out
2: well and, and that's when everyone's gonna roll over to threads <laughs> <laughs> yeah right And threads will be uh threads oh, will be uh god the new thing yeah definitely because that shit was like grand opening grand closing within like a, a couple of days so um Yeah, give us a follow on that too, though. But all right, you can follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitter X or X, whatever you want to call it. Threads. Give us a subscribe on YouTube. And yeah, if you're listening to this, that means you know where to find the podcast. Um, The old man Leo is still out of commission. There will be no show this weekend because we just hit a show this Tuesday. This Tuesday evening, now going into Wednesday. And um, yeah, I'll say we'll regroup in a week, a week and a half, give or take, Uh, because this weekend, it's my birthday weekend, and we're not doing a show. So with that being said, for the old man Leo that's not here for our Double Ryan Radar, I am yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Till next time, keep it Rated R and stay too sweet. Goodbye! Mm -hmm. (laughs) And good
0: night, Ben!